brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that's allegedly entertaining for upwards of almost 20 minutes on a good day. Oh, no, we made it to 21 once. <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> We are banned in six cities, seven states, and we have been branded an enemy of the state of North Korea. So, Rocket Man doesn't like us. Take that, Rocket Man. Yeah, son of a... (laughs) (laughs) He's probably sitting there with Dennis Rodman listening to that show right now. Probably drinking better whiskey than we can afford. From from the stories I've heard, yeah, exactly. So, this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Brent. Uh, thanks. I like the addition of the uh, the little creek run through the basement here. Well, I've got to have some fresh water for when the rocket man starts shooting at us. <laughs> Made man Maury. Good morning, Bob. I do love the decor that you've done in honor of Booker. Hey, I try. I try. I'm building a, I'm building a barrel fort. Hey, good old boy, Justin. Good morning, Bob. It's good planning that your safe room is also your bourbon room. Well, I try and keep all the things important to me in one room. I got my wife, my kids, my guns, my liquor all in the same place. So <laughs> that would be his one bedroom apartment. Yeah. With the swinging light bulb. Yeah, exactly. You know, I still live with mom. So <laughs> Brent Mori and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit group composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states, our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. Check us out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia or at TheBourbonMafia.org. This episode is sponsored by Flaviar. Flaviar is an online whiskey club for the explorer at heart. All members of Flaviar get quarterly tasting boxes, free shipping on full-size bottles and boxes, invitations to tasting events, and access to rare and vintage finds. For more information, go to flaviar.com. That's F-L-A-V-I-A-R.com. You didn't think I could spell that, did you? I nope. didn't think you could. Nope. I've been we practicing. Against it. <laughs> show is also How many sponsored. Times it take you to learn to spell that? I started last week. This show is also sponsored in part by Cooper uh, Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida, home of the Animatic Machine, serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. You can find them at www.finespirits.net, and that's the only one I'm going to do for harm because he always hates it when I do his website because he says it needs work and he's not here, so I don't care. I bet you can't find it there. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's never online. How would he possibly have time to make a website? Yeah, that's for sure. Our, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. And today's show is a distiller's takeover show featuring products from the Jim Beam Distillery. We're going to cover some background on the brand as well as on the individual products we'll be tasting. We're going to be tasting the Beam Small Batch Collection today. Our samples were graciously provided to us by Kiara Olivia from Beam's Small Batch team. So thank you very, very much. Here's the short list of what we're going to be tasting today. We're going to be tasting Knob Creek Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Pop, is there for a long list of what we're going to be tasting? Not when you're around. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it yeah. just always seems to be the short list. Yeah, dang mooch. Um, Knob Creek Rye, Basil Hayden's Bourbon, Basil Hayden's Rye, Baker's Bourbon, and Booker's Bourbon, Tommy's Batch. So why don't we have Brent give us a little bit of history about the Beam Small Batch Collection? Thanks, Bob. The Jim Beam Distillery is well known to anyone who is a fan of whiskey, being the largest bourbon producers in the world and tracing its roots back to 1795. The small batch collection was the creation of Booker No. God bless Booker. Oh, yes. Thank gosh. I met him once. I feel, I feel like I've touched God. <laughs> yeah. He's the grandson of Jim Beam and a sixth-generation master distiller. Booker began bottling an uncut, unfiltered, 
Small batch bourbon as a Christmas gift for his friends and family. Still waiting for mine. It, yeah. For some reason, it it, it has yet to arrive. We're. I think. <laughs> I think we have now all become his friends and family. You know, this was bourbon the way Booker liked it, and word got around. In 1988, this became Booker's bourbon, the first expression of the small batch collection. A super premium small batch bourbon was a pretty new concept at the time, but Booker became a success, and as a result. In 1992, Jim Beam added Baker's, Basil Hayden, and Knob Creek bourbons, and the Beam Small Batch Collection was born. And that's some information in the history of the Beam Small Batch Collection. Now we'll have Maury tell you about our Sips ratings in his favorite hillbilly voice. I swear to God, if you <laughs> use my voice, I will crawl across this table and beat you with a stick. Well, you know, we ought to have Bob do it just because he is a hillbilly and he doesn't have to do anything. I'm not very good at uh, voices and impressions, so. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like them their French fried potatoes. Them things are pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Okay, sips ratings. One sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. That was so sad. I heard banjos after that one. <laughs> Paddle faster, yeah. Two sips. Nice. What what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? <laughs> Sound like a pirate. Good job, Tex. Three <laughs> sips. Hmm. Interesting. What was that again? Interesting. Four sips. Let's keep this a secret to ourselves. Pour me another. Five sips. Oh, my. I was wondering where anything could be this good. Bobby Joe. Oh, my God. I, you know, my, my people were spinning in their grave as we speak. Good Lord. Paddle faster. He's from the South. He's from South Jersey. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Okay. How'd you know I'm from South Jersey? Well, I can smell it on you. You knew what exit you were at. Yeah. yeah I can tell. It's the one I'm right. from Jersey. You from Jersey? Hey, I'm from Jersey. Yeah. What, what exit are you yeah. from? Uh, 73, past the tax of stump. Yeah, I know what that's at. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> All right. Let's get, let's stop the shenanigans. And, I swear, you, you guys are just... You just... Uh, you guys are dumber than a box of hair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, why don't we go to our first one, and we're going to have Justin tell us about it. Our first product is Knob Creek Bourbon, 50% alcohol by volume, and uh, it's about nine years old. This expression was named after Abraham Lincoln's boyhood home in Kentucky. Bottled at 100 proof, Jim Beam says it was created to represent a style of whiskey that existed before mass production and embodies the look, feel, and taste of the pre-prohibition bourbon, or as we like to call it, pre-pro. Mashville's 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. So you think? Yeah, it's a guess. They, they're very secretive. Any mash bills that we discuss today are educated guesses by, I basically looked around, got all the information I could get, and came up with, you know, what people had a consensus on, but... They're one of the, you know, some distillers will, I mean, they'll, they'll let you sit there and, you know, they'll give you exact dimensions, you know, they'll, we're using this, it came from here, we're using exactly this much, um, others not so much, and Beam is not one that's real forthcoming with their mash bills, but it's, I think it's an educated guess, but I think it's close. I think they're afraid we're going to make it at home in the basement. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the size of the fermenters in that place? I could drop my house in one of those. <laughs> it's not happening. Not with the small batch collection, they're quite small. <laughs> half a house hence the name small batch half a house all right what do you think justin so it had a pretty sweet caramel nose on it and that followed through on the palate where i got uh, more caramel and oak and there was spice but there wasn't a lot of heat on it in the back end and uh it's a solid bourbon i gave it three sips interesting all right. 
Well, what'd you think, Brett? Yeah, and a nice. This has got a nice copper color. Get a little on the nose. I get some pepper, leather, a little bit of vanilla, and then same thing on the palate. I get uh, some pepper, leather, tobacco, vanilla. It's you know, it's a nice. Got a nice medium finish to this. It's got a gr- nice mouth feel. There's nice pleasant bur- nice pleasant bourbon. There's nothing wrong with this. Um, I, you know, I give it a you know three sips. All right. Interesting. Yeah, Maury, what'd you think? I like the color. It's got a beautiful deep amber color. Nose is classic bourbon. All the usual things: uh, vanilla, caramel. Um, I thought it was very nice on the palate. It was luscious. It was mouth coating. It had some nice viscosity to it. I thought the finish was medium bordering on long. It really just seemed to kind of go on for me with the finish. Uh, I think it's an excellent, well-made bourbon. I think for the money, there's hardly anything better out there at this price point. Uh, I think it's a staple. It belongs in every bourbon collection. Um, you just you can't go wrong with, um, with Knob Creek. Uh, and with that, I give it a solid four sips. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Wrong button. That's Wasn't sure where he was going with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep you guessing, Bob. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I I really can't add much more to it. I mean, it's it's it, it's always a good it's always a good pour. Uh, it is a classic beam style bourbon. It, it's got that 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 beam nose to it. It's got that beam palate to it. Tobacco leather. Um, you know, it's it's got the vanilla and the floral notes on the nose that I pick up. Extremely well made. I know they sell quite a bit of this. I know it's real, real popular. But you know, it used to have what was the, I think it used to be a nine, nine year, year age statement. statement. Yeah. Um, you know, who can keep up with them these days? It's not on there anymore. But it's not on hardly anybody anymore. So yeah, you can't blame them for that. But solid. Give it a four. That's classified. And we'll be back. Clouds and crashing surf Iridescent dunes reflecting By the light of a rising glowing moon Seashore mesmerizing Night breeze hypnotizing We've come across these back roads None too soon Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows My hand is yours forever, sweet love And we're back, and we are talking about products from uh, the Jim Beam Company from the Beam Small Batch Collection. Uh, we had just talked about the uh, Knob Creek bourbon, so we're going to go on to our next expression. Uh, why don't you tell us, what, what what are you drinking? I am drinking the Knob Creek rye. This is a 50% ABV, so it's 100 proof. This was launched in uh, 1992 before the Kraft and Super Premiums didn't exist. So, um, I don't think it was 92. I no, think the collection was, was no, 92. No, that was, that was the regular Knob Creek, the not Knob the Creek rye. rye is much more recent yeah. than that. What's that? I think that I, I think, think it was more recent. No, maybe that. Well, so the uh, but the the Knob Creek on. the Knob Creek uh, the name itself is comes from a little creek that ran by Abraham Lincoln's childhood home. Yep. This, you know, but uh, this is a nice. Uh, it's got a retail price around. You $40. go to Kentucky, you can go see the uh, the log cabin that is the quote representation yeah. of his childhood yeah. home. It's not his home. And it's not even the same cabin. It's the nice the whole thing is silly, but it's uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 whatever. You know, yeah. it's something for the tourists. Yeah, this has got a nice, uh, nice copper color. You get uh, you know pepper and vanilla on the nose, on the palate. I get some clove, pepper, allspice, leather, tobacco, vanilla, oak. There's a lot of flavors, a lot of layers to this. To the on the on the. You obviously have a wonderful economy with words. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to your next syllable. With great eagerness. Man, that's more words than I've seen to come out of him ever. Yeah, great mouthfeel then. It's got a great mouthfeel. Um, you know, it warms your entire mouth. 
It's got a with a nice. It's got a nice like cooking spice that just warms mm. your palate and stuff. Big, full signature flavor. You know, I really like this. This is four sips. All right, can't go wrong. That's classified. Justin, what do you think? Well, you will not miss the rye on this one. It's very prominent on the nose, and um, I was comparing it to Old Overhold, which is also owned by Beam. It's a lot simpler than old Overholt, but it's got a nice flavor to it. Um, I give this one two sips, almost three. Well, isn't that nice? I think he put too much water in it. If he thinks if he thinks <laughs> Overholt's got more more complexity than this, I think we need to have him checked out. Yeah, <laughs> Maury, what you think? I like this quite a lot. I think they did a beautiful job with this. Is this again? Uh, Knob Creek started as a single product of uh, the Knob Creek bourbon and now is expanded to a, a handful of products. Well, this is the only other one we'll be reviewing today is the rye. I think it's beautifully made. It's got a beautiful deep amber to coppery color. Uh, it's definitely a little bit darker than the bourbon for whatever reason. Uh, nose has definitely got rye and the no rye notes on the nose. And I'll echo what the other guys have said. I think the palate's got a nice oily, viscous mouthfeel. It's really pleasant. Yeah, it's very mouth coating. And uh, for me, for me, I felt it had a really had a lot of spice on the finish, and and a really long finish. Um, I think it really is interesting. We we estimate and guesstimate that the rye content in the mash bill is perhaps not much more than fifty one percent, and uh, yet this this uh, is a good example of the fact that the exact percentage of rye doesn't necessarily. Uh, dictate the rye character and we'll see in another expression much more feminine style this is a masculine rye it's a classic rye makes great cocktails and again it's not 95 or 100 percent rye but uh, a relatively modest amount by comparison to the other ryes on the market yet the rye notes come through both on the nose and on the palate again very very well made for the price there's hardly anything that compares that you can get in this price range with this high quality um it's a great rye and uh, again i think it belongs in every at every bar and everybody's uh whiskey collection it makes fantastic uh, rye based cocktails like uh, manhattan's and old fashions and i give it a solid four sips all right that's classified i can't really add a lot to that uh you know i i do think that it's a lower i think it's a lower rye mash bill i you know i don't think it's you know 70 75 i think it's closer to the 50s or something and the reason i think that is is it's it's a classic rye but it's not the, the spice isn't overpowering and that that rye note that you get that that putty nose isn't nearly as strong as in say um oh what's the one that we had from holland um millstone 100 yeah. rye when you smell that you know that's a hundred percent rye because the the nose just jumps out at you uh, you can smell it you know this is a rye, but it's not overpowering. It's extremely well put together. But it's a masculine rye. Yeah. Oh no, it's a masculine style of rye. It's it's not you know it's not laid back. It's not real quiet, but it's not you know in the you know a brick in the face either. Um, and like Maury said, it's got a it's got a really good mouthfeel to it. Um, very coating. Got some really good viscosity to it. Hold on. Yeah, I. I I, I can't really add much more to that. I'd, I'd, I'd give it a solid four. That's classified. All right. Well, we're up to our next one, which is the Basil Hayden bourbon. So that's a uh, 40% ABV, non-age statement. And again, a guesstimate that we've been able to glean off of the interweb is uh, the mash bill is about 63 corn, 27 rye, 10% malted barley. Only, bring, only Beam knows for sure. Uh, Basil Hayden's bourbon is named after Basil Hayden Sr. He was a Maryland Catholic that led a group of 25 Catholic families from Maryland into what is now Nelson County, Kentucky, near Bardstown, in 1785. And there, Hayden donated the land for the first Catholic church west of the Alleghenies and the first Catholic church in what is now the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Hayden was also a distiller. Seems like everybody that moved west was also a distiller. <laughs> He's a distiller, you know, he you know manufactured everything on planet Earth, he built guns, he owned land, and you know, who knows. 
Um, and he is also known for his high rye bourbons. Uh, and Hayden's grandson, uh, Raymond B. Hayden, who was also a distiller, was the creator of the Old Granddad label. And if you look at the Old Granddad label, there's a picture of a very distinguished-looking guy at the very top of it, and that is Basil Hayden. So uh, why don't we get to trying this a little bit? You know, I, I get a lot of flower, floral notes. I get some apple. I get a little bit of I get a little bit of fruit on this, and some brown sugar, and just a hint of, of sweet tea. Just very, very little bit in the back and on the palate. You know, it's spicy, but it's a creamy spice. It's not a it's not a aggressive kind of spice. I get some honey. I get some vanilla on this. Um, it's got a decent finish. I'd say uh, you know a, a medium uh, finish for something of such a low proof. It's got a fairly decent finish. I I I really wish they would release this out at about ninety. Be nice. Uh, I, I think a higher proof would be, you know, we're all proof junkies around this table anyway. So it, <laughs> you're, you know, we're freaks, um, but an extremely well-made bourbon. Um, eh, give it a, give it a solid three. Interesting. Brent, what'd you think? I enjoy this. This is a, uh, this is nice, nice copper color. Like you say in the nose, you get some, you know, some traditional bourbon notes to it and stuff on the palate. I get pepper, vanilla, oak a little bit of uh some citrus notes um i didn't really pick up on the honey but that's that's okay it was a nice this has got a beautiful mouthfeel to it and the one thing that you know because it's a lower proof i really don't think this gets the recognition that it deserves yeah you know i mean i just think well there are it, there are people out there who you know who are just vehement and well yeah I, I, that's the worst of the one i don't like that one because they are proof junkies and that's the thing you, yeah it, the, I, we all are bad about that i know i know i'm bad about that so i'm extra careful about not letting that sway me you know? right right that's what i said i don't think it gives the the recognition that it deserves it's you know it is it's got a, a great mouthfeel to it and it is very pleasant and this is a nice long sipper. You could sip this all day, all night, and mm-hmm. uh, you know without a problem and stuff. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, but it's just, you know, I would have liked this. I would like it to kick it up a notch. I mean, I think that's why why they have uh, bookers, which you know, and uh, bakers that kind of do that. So I think, mm-hmm. but I, you know, this is a solid three sips. Interesting. Yeah, and echoing that what you said brent i i would agree and i think it's got a place i think it's got a niche i think if you kicked it up a couple notches it it, it would approach some yeah. of the other products and yeah. this this to me is it's there for a reason right oh yeah it's there for a reason it's beautifully crafted it's more feminine in its style it's definitely what i would consider an entry-level bourbon um it's great for people that are relatively new to drinking bourbon it's not too hot it's uh, right down the middle uh i think you start kicking up the proof although we would really like it because we're proof junkies um i think it, it starts to take it out of that category and that niche i think it serves a great purpose I, I disagree with you a little bit brent on the color i think to me it's a lot lighter than the others it's much more light gold to me and not as coppery if you look at compare the glasses the the first two expressions of the knob creek were much more coppery and deep amber and this is to me quite a bit lighter um i definitely get lots of fruit and floral on the nose it's like a fruit bowl on the nose there's just lots of interesting uh layers of fruit um on the palate i found it to be light uh it's got vanilla it's got honey it's got a lot of classic bourbon flavors there's there's really nothing offensive about it i I wouldn't until i looked at the mash bill have picked it as a high rye bourbon uh because to me it's it's real it drinks like a soft bourbon it drinks more like a weeder than uh than a high rye bourbon and uh i agree with bob i think it's got a, a medium finish very well made uh i know lots and lots of ladies who really like this bourbon um, i love the packaging i think it's the most unique packaging uh on the bottle that i've seen of any other bourbon nothing else even comes close um it's it's a it's a great product uh i think again it uh, it's got a place in just about everybody's bourbon collection i gave it a solid three sips all right interesting Justin. so i i got um basically the same tasting notes as Bob, except I did get some wood on the nose. I thought it was, oh, thank you very much. Thought it was pretty complex on the palate. I thought the finish was medium. I agree with Maury that it would be a good 
bourbon to introduce to someone who was new to drinking any strong spirits. Um, but it just didn't have the oomph to get me to three sips, but I gave it a strong two sips. Well, isn't that nice? All right. All right, Maury, you want to do the next one? Absolutely, Bob. Thank you. So our next product is the Basil Hayden's Rye Whiskey. This also comes in at 40% ABV. It's a non-age statement product. This is the absolute newest expression in the small batch collection. Again, the collection once started with just four labels. It's now grown to quite a few. Um, and this is the Basil Hayden's Rye Whiskey. Beam created this expression through the addition of a unique rebarreled rye. The rebarreled rye begins as a four-year-old traditional rye whiskey, which is then dumped out and further aged an additional seven years in newly charred quarter cask oak barrels. This is then blended with traditional Kentucky straight rye whiskey to create the Basil Hayden's rye whiskey. So that's something that prior to today I didn't really know. Um, you'd expect, based on that description, that this should be a powerhouse, a kick in the teeth rye. Um, you know, it's basically 11 years old, four plus seven. Uh, it's going in brand wow. new small barrels. Math. Whew. Look at him. Small quarter cask barrels. I mean, he's going to 11. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you'd expect, you'd expect quite a lot from it, but actually it's, it's quite different and it's quite unique. Uh, the color is amber. The nose is really complex and very interesting. There's a lot of floral notes. It's like a, it's like smelling a perfume bottle. Um, it's, uh, it's the most floral and feminine rye I've ever tasted. It's, uh, definitely, uh, light on the palate, feminine, ethereal, floral, complex. Um, it just, the finish seems to go on and on. It's a, a stark contrast to the masculine Knob Creek rye. It's got a nice mouthfeel, um, but doesn't really isn't really really particularly striking in terms of mouthfeel. I just find it to be one of the most unique ryes I've ever had. It's definitely different than just about anything else you'll you'll try. Um, again, I think it's a, a it definitely shows its familial roots in the Basil Hayden lineage and linking itself back to the feminine style in the bourbon. Uh, this I think, and as far as ryes goes, even more feminine. I think it's really interesting, really well made, and um, I like it a lot. Give it four sips. All right. That's classified. Brent, what'd you think? Well, it's got a nice. This has got a nice medium uh, copper color to it. I did get a little bit of the floral notes on the on the nose and some pepper, and uh, and on the uh, on the palate. It's a nice mouthfeel, but. You know, you got pepper, clove, cinnamon, tobacco, vanilla. And the one thing I'm missing with this is is because it's only the, you know, the 80 proof, it doesn't have that that rye punch that I really no. like to have in a no. rye, you know, that you're expecting in a rye. And, that's, and even I, though it's... But that's the thing. that That's on purpose. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when you... Right, it, it is on purpose, but in, when you think an 11-year rye, you know, you're expecting... You know this full-bodied flavor, and it's not a full body. Yeah, it it's, doesn't uh, promise that. It's, right, it's not that. It is the, it is the the lighter side. It's just like the Basil Hayden's on the bourbon. It's this it's the very lighter delicate. side of the bourbon. This is the lighter side of the rye, and uh, you know it doesn't have that the the punch that I'm you know that a lot of people are looking for and that and that bold flavor that a lot of people look for in a rye. But uh, there's nothing offensive about it or anything, and it's. And, but I'm just going to give it three sips. All right. Just Interesting. I really like this one. Um, can really taste the grain and the rye on this one. I get some chewing gum notes to it, which are really pleasant. And I get the spice that rye brings, but it doesn't bring the heat. And because of its balance. I gave it three sips, but it was pretty decent. Interesting. Yeah. And I think the you know lower proof contributes to that. Uh, yeah. Less heat, less punch, less everything. But I, I think that's you know where they intended to place it um, as a sort of a gateway or entry level rye. Uh, it's good to give yeah, people options. Right. 
It's got a nice mouthfeel and everything. I just the it's just not that that bold rye flavor that you're used to when you sit when you have a rye. So you know a gateway rye. When you say that gateway rye, it really that really is what you think of when you're when you're doing this. And if you're already used to rye, it's like well I don't need a gateway rye. And so I think that's why this is <laughs> underappreciated. Well, I think it's just just us. It's just it's it's a different type of rye. It's uh, you know you can't open yeah i mean if you if you have no idea and nobody's told you you're going to open it you're going to be looking for you know your standard like a knob creek right to come out of that bottle and that's not what it is they they did this on purpose this is what they were looking to do it's a much more delicate it's a much more uh feminine approach it's the bordeaux it's the burgundy to bordeaux you know it's 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 the lighter it's the more nuanced it's it's the more complex um Rory and i got the chance to try this at the uh Sarasota whiskey obsession when it first hit it, it had not actually hit Florida yet they had some bottles at the the one event the first night there and they were sharing it with us and I was you know I was taken aback because again I was expecting well your typical rye and as soon as I got over that you know I, I thought wow this is this is lovely I mean it's extremely well put together um, you know the, the it's like spice cookies and brown sugar sweet dried red fruit and you know spices on the back end on this it's not you know that front end spice that you get on a, on a typical rye um extremely well made i'm i am curious if they knocked it up you know five or ten points on 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 the alcohol if it would make that much of a difference i i don't think it would i don't think it has anything to do with the proof i think that's the way this was made this was made as a softer rye right. and i don't think the alcohol content one way or the other is going to make a difference like i i would i would be interested to try a basil hayden regular at a higher proof just just out of curiosity uh, but i don't think it would make a difference on this rye um you know, I think it's extremely well done, and I was I was quite taken with it when we tried it in Sarasota. Um, yeah, I give it a solid four. Yeah, I went out and bought a bottle right after we tried it in Sarasota. As soon as it hit the market. Slow as a willow blows Or as fast as the whirlwind grows We glide beneath the stars in cobalt blue Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows My hand is yours forever, sweet love Our eyes ahead on these back roads with a view Hey, we're back and we're talking about the small batch collection from uh, Jim Beam. Uh, we just finished talking about the Basil Hayden Rye. And we are up to our next expression. And I believe Justin's going to tell us a little bit about this one. Our next product is Baker's Bourbon. 53.50% alcohol by volume. It's seven years old. It's mash bills allegedly. 75% corn. 13% rye. And 12% malted barley. This expression of the small batch collection is the creation of and named after Baker Beam, the great grandnephew of Jim Beam. This one, the uh, colors on the lighter side of like a light brown, dark orange. I got a um, little bit of heat on the nose, but. Um, as I drink it, it's got some heat on the palate too. And it's finish. The first time I tried it, it had a short finish. And then when I tried it right after that, I got a long finish. So it's a pretty interesting bourbon. And I've had this same bourbon before. And we had a steak dinner. And then today we had uh, different, different food. And it tasted totally different than it did the other day. 
I gave it uh, three sips. All right. Brent, what'd you think? Okay, well, yeah, this one does have a little bit darker color to it. Enjoy that. The, uh, the one thing I want to say about this one that I got, pepper explosion. It's just I got a, that pepper and spice explosion. It just explodes into your mouth, you know, and so you don't even realize it. But then you're, you know, with the uh, with your finish, you have that you have that uh, that whole that all that pepper flavor up front, and you don't even. It takes a little while, and then the, the finish just kind of lingers, and it just mellows out, and it warms down, and it gives you a nice long, warm, peppery feeling. So I really enjoyed that. You know, that was something that you know I don't. Again, this is uh, the Baker's. I think is underappreciated. Because everybody talks, you know, when they talk about the Jim Beam collection, I think that everyone says Booker's, Booker's, Booker's. And I think people tend to overlook the Bakers. You know, it's just, I just know he, uh, We I think we we did a toast to him last month was a celebration of his birthday, that, you know, that we uh, did a toast to him and stuff. And I, uh, I enjoy this. But again, a pepper explosion in the mouth is what was what really, really got me. But um, I enjoyed it, and I'm going to give this uh, four sips. All right. I'm a little slow today. That's classified. Today only? Slow every day. (laughs) I want you to feel like you can tell me anything, okay? Okay. (laughs) Don't be so dramatic. Good one. All right. Well, let me let me give you my thoughts. Uh, I think that this is a little bit of an atypical bottle. You know, there is going to be a little bit of variation from bottle to bottle. Hopefully, not a lot. And obviously, these whiskeys, even in a small batch, are blended to a, a consistent flavor profile. I've had Baker's many times. I agree with everything that Brent said. It's underappreciated, undermentioned, under everything. It just it's the one that people just don't talk about. Booker's, I agree. Knob Creek's gotten really popular because of uh, all the line extensions. Um, Basil Hayden's kind of has its niche. And Baker's always is kind of like the stepchild that no one talks about. I think the packaging's beautiful. I, I do want to add that all the packaging is nice. I love the fact that every one of them is in a different style bottle. All clean. A different shape nice bottle. Clean, clean packaging. Um this one just really has a rich, expensive feel to the packaging. It's, it's got one of the few wax. out there that still has an age statement on it, it too. Is a I few. Might it's, it's, it's also so. coming in at 107 proof, uh, which seven is seven for 107. Seven for 107. Seven years old. Yes. Baker seven 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 seven. Lucky seven. I think it's a well-made whiskey. I do agree with what Brent said about this bottle. This bottle is a pepper bomb, pepper explosion. Um, for me, the finish is pepper. It's on the front of the palate, not in the back, not in the throat, but really up front. It's a long, peppery finish. Um, yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yes, it is yes, my dude. opinion. <laughs> it is my opinion, Spicoli. Um, uh, it's got a beautiful... Spicoli, it's the dude. What's wrong with you? Amber color. Dude. And uh, it's got a nice nose. Uh, I think it's a great whiskey. I think it's underappreciated. Uh, when I first started drinking the small batch collection, uh, it was my go-to. And uh, I used it to make uh, quite a number of cocktails. It makes a really interesting... Oh, he's made uh, quite a number of cocktails. Yeah, it makes an interesting that. sidecar. Early on when this collection came out, they had like a little I bit of I want you to feel like you can tell me anything, Okay. They I had am Ori and I have a drinking problem. They had a little, uh, <laughs> um, almost like a club, and you could, you'd get mailings and things like that. And occasionally they'd have little trinkets and doodads for the collection, and uh, they'd often have recipes. And one of the which was uh, was a take on a sidecar, which is tradif- traditionally made with cognac, and it was a Baker Seven sidecar. I still order that from on occasion to this day. It's a really interesting cocktail. Uh, but I've got little flasks and little trinkets and things with the small batch collection from those early days. I think they were emulating some of the other uh, whiskey clubs and trying to develop a little bit of a cult following. And again, I think compared to the regular line, this line is really wonderfully done and uh, well made. Um, as for this bottle, Baker 7, I gave it a solid four sips. All right. That's classified. All right, so back to me now. Um, you know, Baker's is underappreciated, and and I think it is passed over. You know, because everybody, you know, they think Booker's, they think Booker's. It's a damn solid bourbon. It's a very good bourbon, and it's one that I have enjoyed on many an occasion. Um, I think this batch is what is this? 
Scotch B-9001. I think maybe this one is a little bit spicier than normal. I don't think it's that different um, than average. Maybe just a slight bit more. But yeah, pepper, pepper. Yeah, I get you know um, I get a lot of oak on the nose. I get some walnuts. Um, you can smell the tannins in that. You can tell that it's had a few years in the wood. Yeah, oh, you can definitely do the wood, but the the pepper to me like just just like exploded, you know, yeah. for me. So and especially and, after and that's, not, and that's yeah. not like a bad thing. That's no, not, no, that's no, a wonderful. Right, it's pretty cool. Right. No, yeah, I typically associate pepper though with raw high rye. This right. is not a high rye bourbon at all. Hey, no, not this at all. This is a low rye bourbon, and, and that's why it's uh, surprising. And normally, I remember it being much more traditional mainstream bourbon with more of less spice and more uh, creme brulee, caramel toffee, and things like that. But uh, like I said, this bottle's got a lot of spice to it. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I, Bob. I like sure. this one. It's uh, extremely well put together. Um, again, like I said, you can taste the oak on it. It's not overpowering, but it's right where you want it to be. It's a good, solid, well-made bourbon. Um, yeah, I give it a solid four. That's classified. All right. Well, that brings us up to our uh, last one for the day. All right, Bob. Thank you. Um, our last product is the Booker's Bourbon Tommy's Batch. This is uh, batch number 2017-01, clocking in at 64.25% ABV, and again, no age statement. We estimate the mash bill to be... Oh, yeah, it is. Six years, four months, and six days. Sorry. I was just reading Bob's research. Uh, that's a very specific age, David. Um, the mash bill is... Hold on. Four hours, 11 minutes, two seconds. It was done on a Tuesday. It was raining. The mash bill is Anything thought else? to be exactly the same as the uh, baker's, that being approximately 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. This particular batch of Booker's was named in honor of Tommy Croom, who started his career at the Beam Distillery and worked closely alongside Master Distiller Booker know for decades, learning the ropes and learning precisely how Booker liked things done. They spent so much time together that Booker often joked that Tommy was like a second son to him. Tommy eventually worked his way up to become distillery manager at Beams Claremont, Kentucky plant. And after Booker passed away, it was Tommy that helped Fred know ensure the distillery continued to run according to Booker's standards. After nearly 30 years in the business, Tommy celebrated his retirement in late 2016. So that's something new. Bookers used to just be bookers. And it was only a couple of years ago, uh, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, that they started naming the batches and creating several batches a year. And I'm not sure if that's a marketing ploy. It's all basically well, the same. Well, they always had the batches. They had right. the batch numbers, but the, you know, but naming them I is, think it was is new. 16. Yeah, I think, I think it was 2016 when they started. Yeah, now yeah. they've got names and little figures on the label associating with the uh, Yeah, because when they did the roundtable batches, those you know, you had to know the batch number to find those. They didn't actually put anything on it. Right. So, yeah, they they've done batch numbers and right. now they now they added the names. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that's still waiting said, for the Brent's batch. Yeah, Brent's batch is coming. Trust yeah. me. This uh, <laughs> this product is is just it's amazing. Uh, it's a dark amber in color. It's got classic nose of creme brulee, uh, classic bourbon flavors like vanilla, toffee, brown sugar, spice. It's got a viscous, thick mouth coating feel on the palate. It's got a finish that goes on and on. It's definitely not a bourbon for the faint of heart. It's a full bodied. Uh, kicking the teeth bourbon. It's. Uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That's exactly what I was thinking you'd say. <laughs> uh, it's certainly the highest proof of any offering we've had today. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a formidable scent. It stings the nostrils. Oh, it stings your nostrils. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, as as we've all become here, I think we evolved into this. I don't think you people start out as barrel proof junkies but we are no question um at this table uh barrel proof junkies and so it's hard not to just fall in love with this at uh cast strength or barrel proof um their 25th anniversary edition of this whiskey is um probably one of my all-time favorite bourbons i know bob your death row bourbon is george t stag but I would take the Booker's uh, 25th anniversary and put it up to the year of George T. Stagg anytime. 
the thing about Booker's, that's what got half the people I know who are into bourbon started. That's if right. not more than half. I mean, you find any freaks like us, <laughs> more often than not, you know, what's the one thing that really turned you, that really turned your head and went, wow, you know, there's a lot more to this that got you going out and seeking the new releases and looking for the labels you've never seen. You know, what was the one that you tried that you can point to? And I, I, honestly, it nine, times, bourbon. nine times out of 10, it's, you know, I had this bottle of Booker's one time, uh, you know, so for, you know, for all eternity, God bless Booker. He can go down as, as one of the guys responsible, honestly, for, you know, the resurgence, you know, yeah. it, just it, it, it that that additional flavor that that hugeness that that boldness you know nobody had ever seen anything like that before people thought he was crazy when it, when he came out with a super premium bourbon with yeah. a high price tag and uh prior to that as you know beam was coming out with all these ceramic decanters because yeah. they couldn't give the bourbon away and uh the two the two real pioneers the guys who really went out and said you know we're tired of being treated badly we, we we want to actually make a premium product and be treated that way and that was elmer t lee when he came up with blanton's and it was booker no when he came up with bookers right. and those two guys deserve all the credit in the world for you know changing and and bill samuels to a to a great extent as well uh you know marketing his product as a premium bourbon as well but it was it was that attitude that these these gentlemen took that turned the tide I would expand on what you said and say that for me, it was the small batch collection I actually received as a gift very early on in my bourbon, uh, my love affair with bourbon uh, uh, collection. It was a wooden case with one of each of these four, four yeah, bottles. Four bottles in it. Yeah, and that was a nice. That was that's, a how nice it, that, that's how his collection of methamphetamine started. Somebody yeah, brought him a yeah. box and they had one <laughs> of each color, <laughs> you know, each color. the blue says, one, oh, the pink one. I yeah. love colors. And as I much like as I love one. the bookers, I, I really think the whole collection really inspired me to become a bourbon junkie. And uh, again, the collection was really all started by Booker, his namesake bourbon, and then an expansion of the line. Um, anyway, uh, without any more ado, uh, this is a five. Five sips. No question. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 Can I we interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. All right, Brent, what do you think? Okay, here's my tasting notes. Why don't I drink more Booker's? Those are, that's, that's, that's pretty much my tasting notes for this. But um, uh, er, you know, earlier this year, last year, they you know there was a whole big rampage about you know Booker's was raising its price from from fifty nine ninety nine to uh, ninety nine ninety nine, and people went on a rampage and stuff. But um, the you know this is one you know if you had to pay ninety nine ninety nine, you could do it. You would do it. I mean, it's that good. The only it's, reason people bitch is because they didn't like a fifty percent price increase. Well, that, well, but if it came yeah. out at ninety nine, you'd still be paying it every day. Well, yeah. and look at and look at all the ones that are have have are are not age stated, are you know have less to it, don't less punch. You know, they're ninety proof or a hundred proof, and and look at them, and they charge more. And I can see where they're, you know, in these craft distilleries and stuff, and they're like, hey, if a craft distillery can do this, and people are going to pay that for something less then why can't we do it for something that's on the best that we got so hey if okay you get a but george gonna, t stag at retail yeah. if you get it retail yeah. it's twice the price right but uh i'm gonna give this a solid i'm just gonna give it a solid five sips that's what i'm gonna do with it all right oh my goodness yes. justin what do you yes. think yes. Yes. this whiskey was definitely made by people that love making bourbon for people that love drinking it um they definitely brought the heat I got some graham crackers on it, and the finish is long. It hits the back. I gave it a solid four sips. All right. Justin doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I'm not going to get long and windy on it because we're coming to the end of the show, but this is the bourbon that got me into it, and I always go back to it, and I've got a thousand of these little boxes scattered around my warehouse full of various parts and screws and things. Solid five. Absolutely. Always a five for oh me. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes online as well as on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. 
iTunes, Google Play, and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Sud Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. Be sure to tap subscribe and the show's always going to be on your phone. We love your feedback and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at Sip Sud Smokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, that's a big help. And we love to get your feedback as well. And I want to thank our co-host for coming and helping me. Thank you, Brent. Hey, I finally understand the stream other thing. We're going to call that Bob's Creek. We're going to call it Bob Creek as it goes through the basement. I was born in a small log cabin on that creek. Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. Brad, I think it would be better to name the Little Yellow River. Little Yellow River. (laughs) But with that, Bob. I've been drinking for a while, man. Don't don't start talking about that. I'm excited about the the bourbon barrel stave fort, and I hope we can can finish constructing it I tried for the pillow fort, but she made me put the pillows all back. (laughs) And thank you, Justin. Thank you so much, Bob. All right, well. Thanks for joining us today. And for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink cheap whiskey. No, it's not. We drink very fine whiskey, and it's not short for that. I had, yeah, I know. You'll drink You'll drink anything I put in front of you. I had, I had, some, I had some Booker's Soup with the H2O croutons. <laughs> Pour me a third bowl of soup, please. Yeah, with 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 water croutons. <laughs> has been a one-tan hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.